Scream revitalized the horror genre in the 90s. What genre could use some old-fashioned revitalization today? Um, it's a very interesting question. Nothing. No. That's my answer. Uh, Nothing. Every film genre is perfect. Think about it. We've got our like weird existential art films with like Hereditary and Midsummer, and the new one that's with that lady who loses her mind with those kids up in the cabin in the middle of nowhere that looks like Hereditary too. Oh yeah, I think um, it's called the cabin, the lodge, the, the lodge. lodge. Oh, so close, close. close. So Synonyms. we got we got that stuff making a comeback. Slashers are in full effect. We've got meta horror kind of doing its own thing with like Tucker and Dales and stuff like that. I know it's not super recent, but we've still getting years old, but we're getting like cooties and things like that. So we're still getting a lot of that stuff. Um, classic monster movies made a little comeback a couple years, like last year and the year before. Now they weren't great. Yeah. I'm not going to be wrong. Good revitalization. Scream was good. But I'm looking forward to that alligator monster. Yes. God, one day we will see crawl. That looks so bad. No, it looks looks awesome. No, we'll tell you about it later when we go watch it. But I don't know. Like it's, it's a hard question because all the major genres have kind of been being hit. Well, let me bring up what I thought of, and I'm going to take my toes out of the horror water that you okay. were keeping them. You should have sl- said the blood in. pool. The blood pool. God damn it. Yeah. It's a horror podcast. I don't know Mark. what I'm doing. We were on break. <laughs> um, we're back from the summer break. Uh, I'm going to say that the superhero genre could use a bit of revitalization. Now, talking to the general public and people at large, it does seem like a lot of people are having a little bit of fatigue of the genre. So if anything could use some revitalization, I think that's going to be it. Now, a lot of people... I've also been saying that they think Amazon's uh, Prime shows The Boys is going to do just that. The Boys. Now, we, we just watched a trailer earlier, yes. John. What do you think? I think it looks very interesting. It's definitely not an original idea. Yeah, I think we've it's like done wanted. It before, but it looks like it may be done correctly this time. I think if you guys just read comics, you would have seen this all play out years ago, like me. I read three volumes of The Boys, so I am familiar with it. Good. But I'm just saying, like, I hate when people are like, the superhero, John, you could, you could use a little word violence. Like, no. All this stuff is there. We're just now getting it. It's like, I'm sorry that if you're tired of seeing like successful characters do their thing, there's plenty out there. You know, we're getting um, Paper Girls on, I guess, Amazon or Hulu. Someone just bought the rights to do Paper Girls, which is going to be fucking sick. Um, We got Hellboy rebooted, not for the better, but we got Hellboy rebooted. I mean, there's there's a lot of good stuff happening. I think the problem is, though, is they're just not going to be the Marvel powerhouses. We're not going to see something make... $200 $200 million in its first weekend. And so the fatigue is still going to be there if you want to call it fatigue because it's still making money. It's hard to say it's fatigue when it's still yeah. fucking making hands over fist money and people are still going to see it. But I think people want fresh stuff and that's fine. It's out there. It's just no one's... They want it placed in their lap and that's what Marvel's doing. That's what DC's doing. The other stuff is there. You just got to like kind of put a little effort into it. That's my hot take. <laughs> well, I I'm think, just tired of I'm tired of hearing superhero fatigue. Oh, I have it's not fatigue. Hella superhero because, fatigue. But it's like, dude, <laughs> I just don't watch money. him anymore. So and that's fine. But uh, Endgame was the end game of my Marvel journey. You say that. You say that. But I guarantee you, you're going to be watching another Marvel movie. No, soon. I didn't go see the Spider-Man movie. That I'm movie sure it's amazing. fine. But I think mm, that was an amazing yeah. Spider-Man movie. Far From Home is a great movie. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'll they can totally day, continue with This is a horror podcast, podcast, by the way. Yes. yes so, <laughs> to bring this back, I can think of two genres, one being horror, one being not. Um, so I watched The Mummy with Brendan Fraser recently. I think a good action, adventure, Indiana Jones-style movie would uh, be awesome to see again. They haven't made one of those in forever. Um, at least You're talking like think of. swashbuckler kind of like treasure hunter type yeah. thing? Yeah. 
Not Swashbuckler, but like I mean, the, the Pirates franchise, of the, the but 40s and 50s or whatever. Yeah, yeah, know, they style, had like yeah. Pirates, but that has been dead for a long. Well, time. Well, they talk about bringing but, Rocketeer back when oh, two Rocketeer people in existence awesome. want to. Fuck that, oh <laughs> dude! I love that Art Deco, futury, but past kind of look. So I would be down for an, uh, a Rocketeer. We get it. Take your Make America Great hat off, John, oh, and please. <laughs> you can't um, go back to the 50s, baby. I'm going to say I think we could definitely use some more 80s action films and some 80s adventure style yeah. type movies. Those, have, I mean, we had Tomb Raider come out, but that wasn't very good. No. I think we need a good one. Again. Right. That's but, the important the problem, though. Scream was good. I think you're fucked on that because we're gonna, we get those action movies, but they're done in modern style. Yeah. I'd like to see it go back, like, go get lost in a jungle, like that kind of shit, right? Like, well, Jumanji. I heard it was really good, the new one. I actually, actually have not watched enjoyable. it. It was surprising how much I yeah. liked it. I thought it was going to be garbage when I went in, but no, I walked out going, okay, that was Yeah, well done. I got to watch that. Um, I mean, The Last Action Hero, not the movie, The Last Action Great Hero. Great movie, though. The last action movie I saw that I thought really did the like that old style justice was the uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Yes, I did like that. That was an action movie that was like, wow, they can still make these if they just want to or you know put in the effort. But that's done in modern style. I mean they use like practical effects, but it's still very modernized. The camera cuts, the the angle, the pacing, I mean yeah, but it, it was, does not feel like any of the old Mad Max movies at all. And it wasn't very swashbucklery. The main character barely talked. There wasn't no, no, like a very I'm, charming I'm, I'm, like. I'm more of like the action, you know, movie of the '80s. Not so much the adventure okay, movies. Okay. I'm saying, but I think that one accomplished and did something on the screen that I hadn't seen in a long time. True, but I, I, my thing, I don't think it's for '80s in the sense that there's no one-liners. '80 action movies, very heavy. Yeah, it was, the, it was not right, '80s. Right. It was not. not 80s. It's not a one-to-one. The, fran- the franchise was an older franchise. But it was a revitalization of, okay, of the fair. action. Genre was it? Has there yeah, been a no, lot of a movies? Lot, there was a lot of good action movies. Fast and the Furious was like kicking ass back yeah, then. Yeah, Fast and the Furious is probably what Expendables was kicking ass back then. I'm not saying Expendables was good. I'm not saying like a lot of the Fast and Furious movies were great. But I mean, they're enjoyable. Think any of those reached the level of Fury Road? No, but this isn't a necessarily about uh, artistic merit. It's about commercial merit. Scream made it commercialable to sell slasher movies again. I think. Mm-hmm. Fast and the Furious. Self-aware slasher movies. Fast and the Furious actually is probably what made it uh, financially viable to make Mad Max. So if anything, that's probably what revitalized the action genre. Yeah. Okay, I can concede your point because it made way more money than it deserved yeah. to. <laughs> you, 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 want, you want something that feels a little bit more old school in that effort. And you know what? At the rate we're going with Stranger Things and all this other stuff, like being like, isn't the 80s cool? And it's like, obviously you didn't live through the 80s. <laughs> um, and also like 90s fashion becoming a thing. It's like, oh, you guys clearly don't remember 90s very well. I, I don't know. I see what you guys are saying. And John, to your point, yes. I think we could use some more like action adventures, Indiana Jones style yeah. stuff. The problem is, though, is like I think the audience that wants that is starting to fade. I think the audience that wants that kind of stuff is not quite there the way it was. It doesn't mean it's not possible to revitalize right, it. I would like to see them try, though. Yeah, I think like put yourself in 1995 when you know they're trying to sell Scream. They could say the same thing about the slasher genre. I agree. Yeah, you're on like you know Freddy Six, which was the most shit one. Well, what they did with Mummy Three, though, like yeah, that's the thing yeah. is they they modernized the fuck out of that and became this huge epic. So you want you want to return to simplicity almost? Yeah, uh, I think you're like you know. Swiss Family Robinson, Lost in Space, just like some kind of just adventure fun. Like like a family lost in a situation that they're not aware of and have to adapt and yeah. become better. I think we're just kind of in a bigger is better yeah. type mentality right now. I mean, if you look at Hobbs and Shaw, 
the last trailer I saw for Hobbs and Shaw was just like there was no story plot line, there was no starring anybody. It was just like check out these badass scenes. Yeah, cool. Oh, Hobbs and Shaw is just a superhero movie marketed as. I mean, he's he's holding on to a helicopter with his hands. I mean, like he's well, like he keeping just, oh, what does he from, say? He's like I'm the black Superman or something yeah. like that. I was like, okay, this is a superhero movie. Yeah, now. it's just a superhero movie without now. powers. <laughs> They're going to space soon. Just watch. Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Grave Talk Podcast. My name is Mark. Again, joined with Garrett and John. Fellas, we've been away for a while. We have. How you doing? That was the most abrupt transition. I think I've got wep- whiplash. I said whiplash. <laughs> whiplash. Uh, I'm doing hot. It's fucking starting to feel like summertime. It's because we're dead in the middle I of it. I know. We had such an ease into it that uh, I can't complain too much, but Are I we will. We're going to splice in summertime by Will Smith there. Maybe. All right. Sweet. (laughs) I just got back from New England, the New England area. Nor England? Nor (laughs) England. I love Nor England. No, I went to Norway, Maine. That's why I started saying Nor. Um, Yeah, I went to all those places up there where the highs were in the low 80s. Oh, so nice. It was very nice. Did you think of cool, scary short stories to write while you were Mm, in New England? Several. Oh, very cool. Now, surprisingly enough, in Norway, Maine, I stayed in a cabin in the middle of the woods and I was like, I've seen way too many movies, and it is way too quiet right now. Like, for reals, there was no lights anywhere. There was some weird, uh, like, podunk cabin across the way with some locals. <laughs> and I was just kind of looking outside my window at night going, what's going to get me? Something's coming. It's much more likely to be Tucker and Dale than Cabin in the Woods, though. And the story behind the cabin and the area I stayed on was really, really interesting. Yeah. Apparently, it used to be a nudist commune. Okay. And they uh, still yearly have some sort of festival that all the nudists come out and hang out. Wow. And uh, yeah, maybe I'll get into that more later. I'm so not... Well, you're going to get into the nudist yeah. colony yeah. a little I, more later? I'm going to convert. Not an Indian burial ground. No, none of that. Okay. But strange folk wandering about. I was like going to wake up, you know, and expect to see eight nudists like sitting in my room, kind of like hereditary. Yeah, nudists are terrifying. So, yeah. all right. Because <laughs> no, they're never anybody you want to see naked, you know? God, no. Where, where do they store their stuff? No pockets. That's right. I don't know. Maybe they have just like little... Nudist fanny pack. Red Rider wagons That'd behind be... them. What the hell are y'all talking about? Can we talk about horror movies? He's talking about how nudes carry their stuff. Oh, boy. Inquiring minds. Back in the land of reality, Mark wasted a summer. John's obsessed with naked people that he doesn't want to see. And I'm sitting here drinking apple juice. How are we doing? I'm good. Yeah. Cool. I'm ready to rock and roll. Clearly. You guys got any news for us today? I do. What do you got? I actually have news. Whoa. I'm getting married. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, um, they San Diego Comic-Con was... In full effect. And currently, over. as we record this, yes. it will not be in full effect once this comes out. But there's a few things that were announced. We got the full Three from Hell trailer, which I think looks pretty cool and I'm excited about. I know you guys weren't quite as thrilled about it. I laughed at it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, it's not doing it. I haven't written it off by any means, but it, it, the trailer didn't do a whole lot to get me excited. It's just random shenanigans, but I feel yeah. like it's going to be, and I feel it's going to be the perfect mix of Devil's Rejects and House of a Thousand Corpses in one. But I guess we'll see. I haven't seen wrong. more Rob Zombie movies like now. I feel like he just keeps making the same movie over and over again, though. Maybe. I don't know. So. I, I think he's doing pretty good. I still like what he's doing, uh, with the exception of um, Halloween 2, but remake. But anyway, other than that, um, also, we got a nice little tease from uh, the House of Bloom 
that Jamie Lee Curtis and the entire crew is back on board for two more Halloween films that'll be coming out in 2020 and 2021. Halloween Ends and Halloween Kills. Yeah, they're recording those back to back. Yeah, kind of like they did with Lord of the Rings and shit. Because, I mean, why not? I'm very skeptical, but yeah. excitedly skeptical. Like, I'm, I'm skeptical in the fact, like, what could they do at this point other than, like, finish this story out? Are they going to focus on Jamie Lee Curtis? Are they going to focus on the granddaughter? Like, where's the main focus going to be on this? Um, but that being said, that team did such an amazing job with the first one. I'm excited to see what they kick out. So yeah. we got two new of those. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt because the first one was pretty good. So I'm pretty stoked. It'll be interesting to see how they take it into a trilogy thing. I don't. I would have said maybe one more, but yeah. stretching it out, I guess they have some ideas they think could be really good. Um, I'm hoping we don't get too much of a retread on past Halloween sequels. You know, like, because 2018 did the whole, like, ba- bus crashes and the loonies escape. You know, how many times yeah. have we seen that? I want to see some more, you know, see what they can come up with. Well, the first one was a, kind of like a, a hint of the original, like, yeah. how things kind of, like, are similar but different enough. At the end of that movie, though, like, it's a completely different dynamic. Yeah, which is totally okay for them to reference that stuff. But I think the next two need to be unique. Like, I want right. to see a wholly unique That'd be cool. take on Or this. they really pull an audible and we get another season of The Witch, right? Isn't that what it's called? Halloween, Halloween three? 3? Yeah. That was not a Halloween movie, though. Uh, it's called Halloween 3. I know, <laughs> but it was a different movie. But anyway, I would like to see them to cast Buster Rhymes again. Yes, I'm, also I'm that. that. Bring H2O him back. H2O 2. Buster Rhymes, you were not the greatest actor in H2O, but I fucking love you, man, and you need to get back in those Halloween franchises. We'll see what those bring. I'm looking forward to them as well. Um, also got our first trailer for the Creep Show show coming out in the Creep Show show. The Creep Show show, you know, the old uh, Stephen King program, Creep Show one and two that came out in the 80s, 70s, yes. and 80s. Yeah, we know. Okay, make for sure. our audience though, maybe those, they didn't yeah, know. For the audience know. who is not familiar with horror movies, it uh, was a thing back in the 80s. Twelve episodes of that coming to Shutter. We just watched a trailer that released during the Comic Con period. Also, what did you guys think? Are they going to be full length episodes or more that fifteen minute nonsense? I think they're going to be thirty minutes or an hour. Cool. Yeah. I don't think there'll be anything less than that. What do you think? Uh, assuming that they are actually thirty minutes uh, or an hour, then I am very excited. I kind of want to say what was it, what was um, Tales from the Crypt? That was thirty minutes, right? Oh, man, you're oh, we're going back to the mid nineties again. In that vein, I think yeah, it was. Thinking, I think it was a half. Hour. I want to think those were hours because I think like so? X Files was going on, but they weren't. I think they were thirty minutes. Like I want to think that they were an hour, but I feel like those were only thirty minute episodes. Um, I just assuming they're not fifteen minute episodes. Then I, I am anxious. That's and, too short, that's right? Too well, that's short. what they did with Critters. But the so. trailer. The, well, that was different though. That was like ten little mini, like two to five minute episodes. I think these are going to be like a full series. Yeah, then I'm amped. It looks cool. It actually reminds me of uh, Tales from the Crypt. Tales from the Crypt was 22 minutes to 30 minutes in okay. long time. So, right on. Yeah, I think that's a good length for yeah. uh, singular stories like this. Yeah, I think it's a, it, they captured the same kind of feel. If you remember, if you guys have watched those recently, I don't know if you... Some yes, of them are pretty, pretty corny recently. and cheesy and campy. The one with Stephen King and the plant stuff, I hate that one. I do <laughs> hope they stick to it being colorful. I liked that aspect of it because it was based off of like a comic book. I think it was so a good mix of it. Yeah, like lots of reds and greens and, you know, you're, I hope so I hope they stick with that. Well, we had what? We had like creepy Nazis. We had like desecrated corpses. Yeah. I mean, there was all sorts it of... It looked awesome. The standard tropes, but it definitely had like some of the like familiar ground, but tread in its own way. We definitely get some star power. I say star power in quotes, right? We got DJ Qualls. He's going to be in one oh, of those. DJ Qualls is cool. Yeah, David Arquette. Ooh. He's going to be in that, which we're going to be talking about one yeah. of his films today. Synergy. Darkwetty. And uh, what's the guy who played um, Jigsaw? He's in one of those two. The old guy? Yeah, the old guy. So the bad. Yeah. <laughs> 
Bruce the Puppet. Bruce the Puppet. <laughs> I'm so bad with actor names. So. Tobin Bell. That's who it is. Tobin mm, Bell from Tobin Saw McGuire. series. He's in that too. <laughs> Um, one notable change I saw is it looks like uh, the creep show, if I remember correctly, was the uh, in between stories was like an animated cartoon. Well, with the comic book, right? The yeah. Comic. And so basically, it made it look like you were turning the page and starting a new story in the comic anthology. Yeah. And yeah. that's what it was. So in this one, it looks like we're getting an actual puppeted creep show mascot, like looking at the like the crypt the, keeper. Yeah, like a crypt like keeper. Like basically style. turning the pages. So yeah, the we're okay with yeah. live action. But yeah, looking forward to that. That'll he be looks creepy. Stronger. He looks really creepy. Yeah. Um, When's that coming out? September 26, 2019. That's when you can see Creepshow. Boom. So right around the soon. corner. Well, let's talk about one that revitalized our slasher uh, genres yeah. back in the 90s. They were talking about Scream from 1996. This one was directed by Wes Craven, starring a lot of people you used to see a lot of, but not so much anymore. <laughs> uh, Nev Campbell as Sidney Prescott. Drew Barrymore as Casey Becker. Rose McGowan as Tatum Riley, David Arquette as Deputy Dewey, Courtney Cox as Gail Weathers, Matthew Lillard as Stuart, Skeet Ulrich as Billy Loomis, Jamie Kennedy as Randy, and Henry Winkler as the principal. As the Fonz. <laughs> as the Fonz. <laughs> um, in what appears to be a rare occurrence, the Rotten Tomatoes score between the critics and the audience is exactly the same. 80, wait, hold on, let's just check. I'm going to say 83 that's mm, high. It's a horror movie still. I'm going to say 77. You both are going to have to split the difference. It's 79. Oh, Damn. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, 71 out of the uh, critics, 478,000 and 21 of the audience reviews. Wow. So um, generally, everybody seems to like it. So yeah. that's not bad. The uh, budget on this one was 15 million bucks and ended up raking in $173 million dollars. In that was worldwide, though. And worldwide in 1996 dollars. So crazy. I thought I read it was like the highest grossing slasher film of all time, adjusted for inflation. Until yeah, and until 2018's Halloween came out. Right. Thank you very much. Which dethroned it. So in raw numbers, not adjusted for inflation, though. That could be true. So. I didn't do my math. <laughs> I didn't calculate. Why it do out. you? Why do you got to knock on Halloween so much, man? Why <laughs> don't you know. just let it be awesome? Halloween. All right, I'll give you mad props. Halloween, way to beat up on a twenty-year-old movie. I'm gonna call James <laughs> Jew Courtney. Have him come talk to you. <laughs> you don't want to talk from that man. He's no, he's terrifying. He seems like stand. amazingly nice until you piss him off, <laughs> and then he could just kill you with a look. Yeah, then he's dropping teeth. Well, here's what the back of the Canadian VHS has to say about Scream. The Canadian V. Wow. Oh. Deep cut. Is this on purpose or did you just only find the Canadian one? <laughs> I found it. Okay. I was like, I'm going to use this one. A clever thriller, says the Washington Post. A crowd-pleasing smash hit with a sizzling cast. Critics are calling Scream the hippest thriller of the year. After a series of mysterious deaths, a seemingly peaceful community becomes a place where no one is safe and everyone is a suspect. That's when an offbeat group of friends rally to unlock the town's deadly secrets and get caught up in the lively mix of thrills, chills, and surprises. Featuring all-star talent, including Drew Barrymore, Courtney Cox, Nev Campbell, Skeet Ulrich, and David Arquette, this strikingly original and entertaining motion picture delivers nonstop edge-of-your-seat excitement and fun. Sensational, terrific, Entertainment, says the Los Angeles Times. They really like their S words. They do, don't they? They love alliteration. Yeah. Also, the Canadians clearly don't care about plot. They just care that, <laughs> are you going to have a good time at the cinema? 
look what everybody else thinks of this film. Yeah, I respect they called it a motion picture. <laughs> that it seems a, a very picture, throwback bro. phrasing. Uh, so what is your history with this movie, guys? Did y'all see it in the theater when it came out? No, I would have been way too young to see Scream in the theater. I didn't see it till VHS. So I don't I remember when I, the I think it, yeah, it must've been in like the late nineties or early two thousands that I saw it. Cause I remember being, I think I was in high school. So yeah, I would say early two thousands. I think I saw it at the theater. Hmm. Was it rated R or PG 13? Probably it's R. had to be R. Cause they had to edit it down to get away from X. Oh, did they? Or NC 17. One of those situations. Yeah. They sent it to MPAA six times. Wow. Then it definitely would have been, I saw it on like on video or something like that because I would not have gotten, I think the first R-rated film I saw in the theater was like not like a horror movie. Yeah, I, I really didn't have an interest in seeing this one when it came out. I was like, eh, whatever. Like, I just wasn't impressed with its like meta aspect of it, but I appreciate what it did. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I can appreciate it from afar, but I wasn't like interested in seeing it. A lot, all the people involved also weren't people that I cared about. Yeah. So it didn't like drive me to go see the lady from Friends you know, in this horror movie. Right. I wonder how much of a force that was for bringing people in. I'm sure a lot. I think it was, yeah. Yeah, because I know she fought for that role because she wanted to play something other than her, like, Frenzy, nice, yeah. friendly friend character. Nice, friendly friend character. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? But um, I definitely appreciate this movie more now than I would have when I first watched it. I, I think. do know I loved it when I first saw it because of all the references. I was like, there were so many Halloween yeah. references in this movie, like, Balls to the wall level Halloween references. Yeah, I mean, I think this movie is like a love letter to horror movies. It's really like, I mean, Wes Craven and the person who wrote it, whose name escapes me, obviously really know their horror movie uh, pedigree and they play into that a lot. Yeah, uh, I, I really enjoyed it though. Like, I, I thought the self aware stuff, it was, that was very of the time though. We were seeing a lot of things that were kind of starting to become self aware. We hadn't really seen it in horror movies in a while, I don't yeah, think. New Nightmare had come out a year before, and it was. Was it a year before? Uh, or maybe it was two years. I think New Nightmare came out in 94. Let me triple check that though. New Nightmare. Kevin Williamson 19- wrote this. Kevin Williamson. Yeah. There you go. Oh, uh, yeah. New Nightmare came out in 1994. So it was. It was more a story meta, like, oh, you know, Freddie, you have to keep telling the story or he'll escape. I wonder if that was a start where, like, Wes Craven was like, you know what I can do? I can do meta horror. And then maybe he did it with New Nightmare and he was like, I can do this better. You can totally connect the dots there. I think it's a very easy path to follow for sure. He's like, oh, man, let's play on the character. And he's like, what if I play on the genre? I wonder if that's because people responded to it in New Nightmare. And and he was like, ooh, let's kick this into a different, like, genre of horror. Yeah. New Nightmare was super good. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I remember seeing it like recently and I was like, yeah. oh, this is actually pretty cool. I definitely remember this time period. People were, were kind of kind of thumbs downing all the slasher films and yeah. stuff. I think people were getting kind of tired of them because they were so long in the tooth at that point. How many Jasons were out at this point? How many Halloweens at this point? Did we have Jason X before? The no, that after. was in the early late 90s. Yeah. So the 2000s. most recent Jason to this would have been the slug one. Jason uh, goes to hell. Jason yeah. goes to hell. In 1993. Yeah. At that point, a lot of stuff was jumping the shark as far as like those franchises. Yeah, and Hellraiser stuff. was smack dab in the middle of their direct-to-DVD, uh, or I guess VHS back then. That would have uh, been Hellraiser 4, I think, or something like that, because Hellraiser 3 came out in like 93 or Yeah, so it would have probably been 4 or 5, because they started pumping them out super fucking fast. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, again, this movie did a lot for the genre, I think. Yeah. And, and it's, I, it's like you were saying before we started recording, John, this one kind of holds the same place as like a uh, Blair Witch right. for what it did for the genre and I can totally see those parallels. 
Yeah, I think it like, I mean, then on much like Blair Witch came the slew of knockoff films. You're, you know, I know what you did last summer and fucking all of those. But um, which Kevin Williamson wrote? He wrote, I know, yeah. man, he has one trick. <laughs> uh, but, you know, Scream, I think, did it best. And it's obviously dated. And in, like my most annoying thing about it is this is peak 90s grown ass people playing high schoolers. They weren't, though. They yeah. weren't. They uh, offered the role of Sydney to uh, Molly Ringwald, who was like 27. Yeah. And she said she didn't want to play a high schooler at the age of 27. But so Nev Campbell was in her were, 20s. Well, she wasn't playing a high school kid, though. Yeah, she was oh, a wait, senior was or junior. How old was she? During they the were day. in high school, I mean, because they have a principal. No, no, I know in the I movie looked, they were. I looked up Rose McGowan, and she was 23 at the time this film came out. So, okay. So yeah. it was like four I know or Matthew, five years removed from high school. Matthew yeah. Eller would have been a little Maybe it's also 90s fashion that made them look more adults than they actually were, but I was like, man, I'm having a hard time buying all these characters as oh, high but school you, students. But you bought the fucking like high school counselors in Friday the 13th part two. No, absolutely not. The 40-year-old <laughs> men who are like, welcome back, campers. But, um, nice mustache you have, 15-year-old <laughs> yeah. kid. <laughs> Why is it graying in your beard? But uh, other than that, I mean, I I really thought this was like a pretty solidly executed film. I didn't like notice a lot of annoying things about it. Well, let's talk a little bit of, since we're on the subject of the cast. Yes. Oh, wait, I thought we were going to talk about annoying things. Oh, we can get to annoying things in a second. Okay. Cause I'm going to lead straight into my most annoying thing of the film. David Arquette. Oh yeah. I think the character of Dewey in this movie is just, uh, God. I was about to quit this podcast. If you said Matthew Illard. He's the best I've, actor yeah. in this movie. I, I, I know he's done some, <laughs> some roles that people do not think he's good in, but I, fucking love that man as an actor i want him in more if you're out there listening which i know you're not or someone out there is friends or buddies with matthew Lord, get that man back in film we saw him two years ago at the uh at frightmare at frightmare yeah yeah he did the scooby-doo movies and some yes. other stuff but he's done so much more you know what i had no idea he was the voice of shaggy of everything since like 2003 oh i did not yeah. know he, that he does all the cartoons too yeah. and i was like Whoa, I didn't realize huh. that. Yeah, so well, good on him. He nailed this role, man. He yeah. is plays like the He psychotic. had the most fun yeah. with it. Yes. And he he did such a great job. Like, especially at the end when he starts to be like, my parents are going to be so yes. mad at me. <laughs> like, well, he ad-libbed a bunch of lines, like, you know, uh, where he's like, this is going to like, he's like, you know, Sid, I always had a thing for you. He ad-libbed that. Yeah. Um, he, did, he did a bunch of stuff, but um, he wasn't even, he didn't even audition for this movie. They like saw him in a hallway when his like girlfriend went to audition and they were like, hey, audition for this and she he must did have been and he got so the role. mad she goes to audition and he gets a movie role i mean this the story never goes she also got a hit movie yeah, role right, yeah. <laughs> i don't know if she got cast or not as anything but um what did you guys think of whiter johnny depp uh skeet ulrich's billy loomis oh i mean when you look like the mo first time you see him you're like all right this guy's a bad guy <laughs> no, he just exudes creep like yeah. from screen minute one. That he's but in. the thing is, that's if you if you look at this movie without all the the Halloween references forced in it, um, this is Wes Craven feeling comfortable in his own shoes because th there's so many like like I think Johnny Depp climbs in the window of his girlfriend's house yes. in Nightmare on Elm Street one. Oh yeah, the homages um, to his old works are like yeah. heavy in this. There's film. like oh, literally yeah. a guy wearing a Freddy sweater. Like that's, 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 that was Wes Craven. Craven. That's Wes Craven. Yeah, they're like, what are you kids doing? And it's like, like that's, not you, Fred. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's his cameo. So. Also, there's a point where Rose McGowan's all like, "This is like a Wes Carpenter film," and like. That's a reference to... And even during several of the stalking slasher scenes, Halloween's playing in the back, so the Halloween music is playing. Right. And I'm like, are they just straight ripping off Halloween right now? I was like, oh, the, the movie's house. playing. When yeah, they're in the yeah, house, yeah. they're yeah. watching Halloween. Yeah, there's just so many homages to you know his own work and the work of others. 
But to go back to your deputy Dewey part, yes, that was that was not a great character. Well, they changed that role. I, I totally did research on this because <laughs> I actually enjoyed this movie. But no, that character was supposed to be like a hunky, like dreamboat of a cop. Oh, that would have been worse. And then um, they wanted hunky dreamboat of a cop. <laughs> they wanted Arquette to play um, uh, Billy at first, and then he was like, Ooh. "No, I want to play like um, Deputy Dewey." And they rewrote the character to be more goofy and kind of bumbling. My favorite scene of his is when he's talking to I guess the chief and the chief's smoking and he's eating strawberry ice cream and it's like such a like all right that's that character in a heartbeat right he's just a child at heart uh trying to be a cop like yeah he's the the kid in the adult body yeah. basically I love that part where she's all like listen deputy doofus and he's like when I have this badge on <laughs> mom said you're supposed to treat me with respect I don't know I understand he was a bit annoying because that kind of bumbling like person is always a little bit hard to stomach sometimes I thought he did a great job though he nailed the character I just I don't like the archetype I think he did a good job with that particular character type though I had more of a problem with him being like kind of like obsessed not obsessed but kind of like really into Gale Weathers like, right who was- immediately falls for him like yeah that part was weird which in real life they got married after meeting right. on this film <laughs> oh did, yeah, did they yeah. nice <laughs> so one of the reasons that i have trouble like i was trying to remember if i'd seen this film and i got this film what if you've ever seen you've screen seen well film. no because here's the here's the issue i get this one in the first original scary movie movie oh, mixed dude that because first... scary movie one is scream yeah they parody it so well like the later scary movies become just insane but the original scary movie does a great job of crushing this film yeah, scream was supposed to originally be called scary movie right yeah exactly which is another thing i was like well no wonder i'm continuously <laughs> confusing what's what because there's no dewey in that one he's called doofy and they maybe make him even more stupid right. like he's he's borderline special ed if not full-blown yeah. you know oh in the scary movies yeah. yeah see i've never seen those i didn't really care for the whole like like our modern take on like the whole loaded weapons i thought at the time part one and part two of scary movies were great and they, they, have they not may have aged been, well i haven't seen them in 20 years but yeah. when i first saw them I, I mean i was 13 so i was like this is amazing i love this film yeah i think it was the wayne brothers that yeah did those, right um, but anyway, yeah, that's why like, I was trying to think. I was like, well, did this happen? No, that's that other movie. Well, that was, you know what I mean? So I was getting mixed oh. up. And then as I watched, I was like, oh, yes, I can. I totally remember like the majority of this movie. Since you mentioned the sheriff, I just wanted to mention him briefly that that dude has been a sheriff in like 80% of his career. He <laughs> plays a cop. Uh, that dude's name is Joseph Whip, and he was actually a deputy in A Nightmare on Elm Street. Well, see, man, and that is crazy. This movie, it's like an onion. Yeah, so there's so many connections. I think the casting was pretty good, though, yeah. overall, though. All the actors were, and actresses are great. Uh, the only person I didn't really care for, and it's just because I don't really care for the whole, like, snotty, like, cheerleader-esque type here was Rose McGowan's character. But again, that was not on her. That's just the character I was right. never a fa- fan of. Yeah, I don't. I didn't really care for that character, and I was, I was questioning her wardrobe wardrobe choices throughout the movie as well. I wasn't. I didn't question those at all. <laughs> I mean, the 90s fashion through and through. Come on, don't film, you remember man. the dollar bill with rule? She would have gone to the principal's office and sent home for her. Attire. What's the dollar bill with? Rule? Yeah, I don't um, I'm familiar your, with that. Your skirts and shorts cannot go above a dollar bill's width above the knee. Maybe they made that rule after this because of her. That's right. I was in school during this time, <laughs> so this was this so, was full so on. was I. So was I. <laughs> I never heard that rule, but uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, you guys want to talk about the plot? Let's, Let's talk about wait, one of the characters for casting. Yes. I want to talk about okay. um, 
uh, fuck, uh, uh, Jamie <laughs> Kennedy. Jamie Kennedy. God oh. damn, I could not remember that dude's name. Your your reaction right now is Hollywood's reaction to Jamie Kennedy. I know. Uh, 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 son was, of the mask. Well, like I very was famous like, for five seconds. There was someone else and Jason Lee and Jamie Kennedy all auditioned for the role, and they all got called back, and Kennedy got it. Um, I thought Jamie Kennedy did a great job in this yeah. movie. This is his least offensive role he's ever had. Yes. Yes, he was good in this movie. I don't remember what other roles he's been in. Son of the Mask. Okay. Then he have a show, the Jamie Kennedy show. Was yes. the Jamie yes. Kennedy Experiment. Yeah. He was also Burt Gummer's son in the later Tremors films. Oh, boy. oh that's right. Yeah. That's right. I didn't get that far, so. <laughs> <laughs> I watched them all. I, I thought he was really good, and I thought his, like, you know... Like nerdy cinephile, like right. trope was really awesome. All right, so in Scream, he worked in a movie, st- a video, video store. store. Right? Yep. What would so if they're modernizing Scream, what would his character be right now? Redbox, just the He'd entirety. Be a red He's box? the guy who refills the Redbox. No um, horror podcaster. <laughs> yes, he would. <laughs> He'd be us. God damn it. Maybe, maybe he'd be a podcaster. Maybe he'd be a YouTuber. YouTuber. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I think he could also just work it. You know, it's a movie theater because Blockbuster's gone. That was such a relatable re- like thing in 1996. Everyone would go hang out there and go look at movies. It was so busy, and now kids are probably like, "What the fuck is this thing?" Let me old man this moment right here. One thing I was so upset when Blockbuster stopped putting the like the boxes with the yes. uh, covers on the front, and they only had the like the Blockbuster logo with the name typed up on it. I loved walking down the, the aisles and looking at all the movie covers yep. for like videos. Some of them were so great, and some of them were just like, "Who?" Greenlit this. <laughs> and how many movies did we rent based on the cover? Right. Because like all you the time. Yeah. When you're a kid, you don't really have this, you know, especially when there's no internet back then, this deep knowledge of movies. You're just going off the cover and that shitty back of the you box. You get movie trailers yeah. and that little description and. Wow, it was it was the Wild West. <laughs> yeah, we watched all kinds of things we never would have watched if we had the Truth. internet, right? But yeah, no, I thought that was a pretty good take on that character, though. But uh, let's talk about the things that you found most egregious, as long as they're not major plot points, like. What was like your biggest, what was your grave mistake? Uh, it had to have been early on in the film, and it was a line said by Billy that rolled my eyes right out of the back of my head. Well, two years ago, we started off hot and heavy. Nice solid R rating on our way to an NC-17. And how things have changed, and lately we're just sort of edited for television. God, that was, was like, so oh, dumb. God, cringy, dude. You know, some writer was all like, nailed it. I know. <laughs> yeah, they were so proud of that line. They were like, oh, I'm having Kevin's a beer. like, Oscar material. And then she the like slime. flashes him. She's like, would you settle for a PG-13? He's like, yeah. what's that? And she's like, boop. And he's like. So those moments are too much. But, you know, the scene where they stop the movie and he's like, you don't know the horror trope rules. Yeah. You know, like that stuff works. Yes. Still. And I like that stuff. But yeah. That kind of dialogue was like, ooh, this guy would never get laid talking like that. Yeah, the whole Billy character, I would argue, is probably, I didn't like him. I, he was too obvious, like, just skeezy, right? And it's funny, the guy's name is Skeet. <laughs> and it's like... <laughs> oh, you guys are being very, like, judgmental here. I think he did okay. I, I mean, think he, I think he played the character fine. I think it's the character itself was just too... It was, on the nose. Yeah. Like yeah. there was never like, all right, you said no spoilers, but there was never a time what where I trust. All right, I mean, it's very obvious right away that this guy is not on the up and up. That's what I'll say. Yeah. Right. So, they, they, all the red herrings did not work for me. I was, Billy is the character of the boyfriend, leather jacket, long floppy Johnny Depp hair. Yeah. 
Um, he seemingly gets like set up for being the murderer that, or the suspect. I think rather, a college right? level, level Jordan Catalano from yeah. my so-called life. Yeah. yeah. He's brooding and he's always got a look on his face. And he wants to have sex with Sydney so bad. He's so gaslighting her. Like also watching this in like the Me Too 2019 view. It's like, man, you are like a sexual predator. For, she's so obviously uncomfortable and you just he just keeps going. But he exudes that 90s Hollywood like bad boy yeah. You know, charisma, I guess. It, like, I guess girls were attracted to back then? I'm sure girls are still attracted to it now to some degree. Yeah. But, I mean... Yeah, he was a challenging character for me, so that's what I think. I think they could have toned down that character 10% and had a better movie. I think that they kept it that way on purpose, though, because everyone was like, oh, it's got to be him. And when the Red Herrings came out, I was like, oh, it really made you second guess that. But I guess for you, it didn't really, like, dissuade no. your, like... Because he was just know. so skeezy. Yeah. I thought he, I didn't think he was super, super skeezy, but he definitely was, like you said, he was definitely gaslighting the hell out Dude. of her. Like, it's been a year. Get over your mom being oh, what killed. A like, <laughs> let's fuck already. It's like, whoa, bro. Like, give her some time, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's been a year, yes, but guess what? If you're here to fuck, then maybe move on to someone whose mom just didn't get murdered. Ra- raped and murdered. Uh, yeah, there you go. So, what was yours then, Garrett? The soundtrack. You didn't like soundtrack? No. This is this is during that prime. Like, there's certain movies that I think work really well with soundtracks, and this one definitely did that thing where it was all like, this song doesn't fit here, but we'll put it in. It'll be very juxtaposed, and it'll be quirky. Plus, they did that thing where, like, the title of the song, like the Republica song that plays when um, Rose McGowan goes to get beer out of the the garage <laughs> yeah. is Drop Dead Gorgeous, and then she's about to get killed, and I was like, well, it's a bit on the nose. Sure. And then, like, Red Right Hand, I was like, I, that song was used in so much at that time. I was like, this is just not, I don't know. I just kind of watched it and didn't even acknowledge yeah. the soundtrack, to be honest. I was just like, whatever. I so it didn't that. it didn't affect me in the least, yeah. but I, I understand. There's a few clever moments. Like, they're playing, like, Don't Fear the Reaper, which was playing in the car with Nancy Loomis and um, Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween. So that was a reference to that. Hmm. But... There was some stuff I was like, this just doesn't, it didn't work for me. But again, I think that's also 90s music as a whole kind of takes me out of certain moments yeah. of movies just because, like, The Crow, it works because that the soundtrack is part of the movie. But, but that's got to be a challenge. Just added in to, like, like, let's make a cool soundtrack for this film. Yeah, but I guess it's a part of the movie of its time. I mean, the movie was from the 90s, so it's true, like true. in that, you know, universe. Yeah. Looking at it 25 years later, it's like, oh, it definitely how on the out, nose yeah. could you possibly be? But back then, maybe it wasn't a big deal. Yeah, for me, that was my my problem. Okay. I, just, I thought the soundtrack could have been a little more subtle, or it could have been with some music that was not like pop music. Makes sense. But it fit really well with like this type of movie, right. the age of the kids. I mean, so. Yeah. Well, let's get into it a little bit. I still think the best part of the movie is its opening. So the Drew Barrymore, the yeah. Drew Barrymore sequence, I think was great. And I think that holds up the best out of the entirety of the movie. It's like 12 minutes long too. It's pretty yeah. long, but it's well done. It definitely shows how phone culture has changed. Cause she becomes friends with this person who like randomly called her. Right. Drew Barrymore is it's making a party line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Drew Barrymore is making popcorn and she gets a phone call and it's like, Oh, wrong number. And he calls back again. She's like, what do you want exactly? And he's like, I just want to talk to you. I want to know who I'm looking at. And she's like, okay, friend, how have you <laughs> been? He doesn't like, get to the looking at bit till it's, later. It's a while, yeah. yeah. But they start having a very like natural sounding dialogue. I mean, what's your favorite horror movie? Oh, Halloween. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So what's your favorite scary movie? Because oh, that's his. That's Jeez, his Mark. That's like the tag yeah, off of the movie almost. <laughs> okay, let me just. I'm quitting. I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's like a sample used so many places. Say hello to my tiny companion. You're like, no, man. He said it. 
wrong. <laughs> the tension in that scene is fucking it, awesome, yes. though. Like, yeah. it starts out, and you're like, okay, okay, okay. And then once you know what happens, it's even more intense because you know at any moment shit's about it's to gonna go crazy. It's going to split, yeah. And like you said, it is a very natural sound, like, conversation. And she's just like, oh, my favorite. I, I love scary movies, blah, blah, blah. And then he, then he goes, oh, I, you know, I want to know who I'm looking at. And then the whole scene flips, man. And that's when it gets intense. Yeah. And the music does a good job of building up. The music sting at that point where yeah. it's all like, bong. You're just yeah. like, oh, shit. And she hangs up a few more times. like, don't you fucking hang up on me. And like, she flips the light outside and her boyfriend's tied up. He piss, like, she pisses him off and he's like, go, go turn on the light again. Because she's like, my boyfriend's going to be here. And he he's going to kick football, your fucking yeah. ass and blah, blah. And he's like. It wouldn't even be Steve, would it? And she's like, how do you know that? And he's like, go turn the light on again. And he's tied up in a chair out by the pool. Mm-hmm. And then that's when the quiz starts, right? Right. He's like, all right, we're going to play a game. Here's how we play. I ask a question. If you get it right, Steve lives. Please don't do that. Come on, it'll be fun. Please. It's an easy category. Movie trivia. I'll even give you a warm-up question. Don't do this, I can't. Name the killer in Halloween. No. Come on, it's your favorite scary movie, remember? He had a white mask, he stalked the babysitters. No. Come on, yes you no. do. Please. What's his name? I can't, I can't Steve's say. counting on you. And through osmosis, my wife passed the quiz. Oh, good. So Steve would have lived if it was my wife on the end of the phone. Sweet. You would have been okay, Steve. It wouldn't have been you. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? If my wife was in the movie, not in a real life situation. Okay. Uh, And yeah, so I mean, it's a pretty easy quiz, but she fails. So she's obviously not big of a fan. I actually give her a little bit of like. She's in a stressful moment. She's in a stressful moment. You think Friday the 13th, Jason, you immediately jump to that. So he's like, all right, I'll give you a teaser question. It's what? It's who's the killer in Halloween? Mm -hmm. And she gets that one, Michael Myers. And that's like, all right, real question. Who's the killer in Friday the 13th? Jason! 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 I'm sorry. That's the wrong answer. No, it's not. No, it's not. It was Jason. Afraid not? No way. Listen, it was Jason. I saw that movie 20 goddamn times. Fucking wrong. Do you think she would have got the right answer if he'd said Friday the 13th part one? Yeah, she could have quibbled on semantics. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, sir, I have time. <laughs> well, the- well, actually, <laughs> sir, I have a question for you. Yeah. You didn't specify one, two, three, four, five, six, six or seven. the European cut or the American cut? Please be clear with your questions. I object. Then you should know Jason's mother, Mrs. Voorhees, was the original killer. Jason didn't show up until the sequel. I'm afraid that was a wrong answer. I think that's when the was like, we're killing Steve anyway. Fuck you. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, then Steve gets murdered in the backyard. And um, does that, he gets a bonus question, right? Or was that the bonus question? Well, that was first for Steve. Now he's like, yeah. now for you yeah. or something like that. And he's like, what door am I at? Yeah. <laughs> that was fucked up though. Cause yeah. like her face, oh man, she's such a good job on this, this scene. But yeah, her face was like, what the fuck? Her popcorn's like overheating and catching fire and shit. Like it ratchets up really yeah. quick. The and then the fire alarm goes off and adds, and then she runs outside. Did she run outside? I couldn't remember if they ran inside or she ran outside. Oh, uh, and her parents pulling up. Right. Her parents are gone. Trying to run to the car and then she just gets stabbed in the back. And it's so like sad in a sense. Cause then you see her parents walking up the stairs, but because I guess her lungs have been punctured, she can't really, she's like, hey, and then she just gets dragged off. They go inside. They see the smoke from the popcorn. And the chaos. And they're like, oh my God, where is she? I can't remember her character's name. Yeah, they don't say it that much. Cindy? Casey Becker. Casey. And okay. then she's swinging dead from a tree well, as the like, mother goes like, call, outside. She's like, go to the McKenzie's. Right. And that's actually a line from Halloween. That's what um, 
uh, Jamie Lee Curtis says to the kids when they run out of the house, oh, nice. go to the McKinsey's house or something like that. Um, and then she's like, and then call the cops. And then so she picks up the phone and she can hear Casey dying on the other end of the line. She's like, Casey. Yeah. And I was like, that's got to be so rough to hear someone dying on the other line and not know where the fuck they are. She's so close to like, we as the audience know she is somewhere on their property. Yeah. Like, and, and they have, she has to be because the wireless phones can only go so far too. So no, they know truth, she's yeah. somewhere around, but they don't know where she runs outside to go to the McKinsey's and then sees her daughter hanging gutted from the tree, which was like a crazy, like nineties fast cut. Yeah. But it was really, like, creepy. Yeah, this is an excellent opening to a movie. Yeah. And this event will basically be the plot point for the rest of the film, all that the other stuff. The phone calls are basically yeah. The, yeah, exactly. the inciting everything before something happens, that call's going to happen. So we see what is called, I believe, Ghost Face. That is the Scream villain, is that correct? Father Death is the name of the, the costume. Yeah. Yeah, but everyone calls him Ghost Face. Yes. yes. Yeah. I don't think it's scary. No. I didn't think it was scary back then. Yeah, I mean, I think it's iconic. Neither did the Weinsteins. They said it was the stupidest thing they'd ever seen, and they said, <laughs> go film one scene with seven different masks, and then we'll pick which one it is. They showed them all seven masks, and they didn't like any of them. The um, costume people were like, we will shut down production if you like make us change this mask. And he was like, and then Wes Carey was like, let me do the first scene with Drew Barrymore. Let me show you that with the mask, and if you still want to change it, we can talk. They showed him the scene, and then it's like after that, the Weinsteins never asked them to change a single thing for the rest of the film. That's like good. The, it yeah. was that first scene sold that. I'm really costume. interested with those I, other I agree. masks. I think it's a stupid fucking mask. Yeah, I don't think it was but, meant to be scary in and of like in and of itself, but it's a very like iconic and jarring type of mask. It's a Halloween package that, as they say, you can get from any dollar store costume place. Yeah, I think the right? cops say that. They're yeah, like, we can't track this down. They're sold yeah. at every five and dime. It also may be the fact that Scary Movie uses the same mask, and there's like scenes of him ripping a bong yeah. <laughs> and smiling. Oh, is and there? Yeah. Oh, okay. So again, like I said, like these all kind of blend together. But even when it came out, I was like, okay, whatever. That's just a, a weird yeah. face in a Grim Reaper outfit, basically. Well, that was also a time when like that part's not important because like what was it? What you did last summer was a guy in like a fisherman's outfit, like yeah. with, like the yellow hat and the overcoat, and it was like God, come on a hook. True. And Jason was a hockey mask, right? right? These are just generic items that are laying around or people have access to, and they turn it into something. Yeah, true. true. So. so anyway, the the movie we get our credits, and then we are introduced to our main core characters, Billy. And Sydney, it's the boyfriend, girlfriend. He sneaks into the room. He's all like, hey, baby, I've never really stuck into your room before. And then her dad knocks on the door. He's like, hey, who's in there? And she's like, nobody. And then he's like, I'm about to leave on business for a couple days. Are you yeah. sure you're OK? She's like, I'll be fine because her mother's death anniversary is about to happen. One year anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. And so at that point, Billy is snuck back into the room. And that's when they have the whole like. Hey, you know, let's let's get down. Yeah, it's such a stupid. Our relationship started off hot and heavy, you know, rated R, and now it's a G relationship. It's like so just lame. But the the, the point of this scene is just to introduce you to the main two characters and where the relationship is. The mother being killed a year before, and kind of her trepidation into getting into a physical yeah. relationship, which they do a great job of like relaying. And then he leaves, and then the next day we smash cut to school. And everybody's talking about Drew Barrymore's death. Yeah. And like, this is the grisliest murder since, well, oh, well, you know. Don't mean to be insensitive. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We don't want to be insensitive, but we're going to reference your mom's killing nonstop. Cops are at the school interviewing all the kids to find out if anybody was was there. Right. Like if anybody at the school may have been the killer of, um, I keep wanting to say Rosario Dawson. 
Casey. Yeah. Yeah. And, and my wife had a real problem with Henry Winkler, the principal, putting his hands on Nev Campbell's face. He's a very touchy kind of principal. She's like, that's wrong. That shouldn't happen. I was like, yeah, you're, that's right. I was well, like, also, Maybe they're related. And she's like, I don't think so. And later he threatens to kill some kids and then tries to expel <laughs> them on the but spot. But again, he's supposed to be a character that we could we could be like, well, that's kind of off. Like, oh, he yes. could be the killer. Like, we're supposed to not know who it is. So Also, maybe the 90s were crazy like that. Who knows? I, I never got touched by the principal. That's good to know. No Mark. one caressed my face. <laughs> I mean, I've had like an administrator like put his arm like on my shoulder like, hey, are you okay? When yeah. some shit went down one time. But it was not like in a like, let me touch your face. Weird Gary. face caress. Let yeah. me console you with my hands. I mean, and the thing is, it, to be fair, Henry Winkler's like thing, it, it was innocent enough. I yeah. mean, it, yeah, sure, you should you should definitely ask and get like consent for that kind of stuff. But it definitely was like innocent enough in the film. I didn't feel like this like he's like creepily like being like. Weird. Yeah, I think this is a 2019. I think like in the movie itself, it's totally an uneventful type thing. I think yeah. like I think most audience people probably just like whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're sort of seeing it now being sure. like, that's weird. I can accept that. <laughs> so, right. You, like you said, they're interviewing all the kids and then we go home to Sydney's house and she's getting phone calls and we're playing out the same scene with Drew Barrymore. It's the same questionnaire, yes. but she's like, I don't watch those movies. I hate how the, but well, she female... thinks it's her friend, right? She thinks it's Randy, Randy, Randy yeah. which is uh, Jamie, Kennedy's. Jamie Kennedy's character. Cause uh, he's like horror movie. Yeah, obsessive. He's the big, uh, he's the big nerd of the group. Yeah. So, and he's like, what's your favorite horror movie? As Mark she's would like, say, Randy, this isn't funny. <laughs> What's your favorite scary movie? It's like, I don't like any of those. They make women look dumb and weak. And every time that they're supposed to run out the door, they run up the stairs. Right. You know, give them really calling out the tropes of, you know. Yeah. So as this phone call is taking place, it's it's ratcheting up. She's like, maybe I'm not Randy. And she's like, oh, shit. And then Ghostface appears. And what does she do? She runs upstairs. And I was like, you just did the thing you said you weren't going to do. Yes. (laughs) And then again, a big fight. And but she then she does. I mean, she. I, what I like about Sydney is she is a badass. I mean, she, she holds her own yeah. against the ghost face killer. Wait, that's a that's a rap. Wu Tang. But he is also a ghost face killer. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, she fucking. I mean, she. She gets a good solid hits on him. Yeah, and then. The cops, she like tries around the front door and then Dewey, the cop is standing there with a mask. Which I didn't know how they got there so fast. I don't know. She, she, she called the uh, 911 via internet. Oh, yeah, that's Remember? right. And then the internet made that noise. I was like, computers never made that. Sound. No, also, I don't think even nowadays you can't go to some website and call 911 and then cops just show up magically at your house. It was within seconds. Yes. But I mean, whatever. Technology back in the 90s, you could just hand wave whatever. Right before the cops show up, her boyfriend, Billy, comes in through the window again. Right. And she's like, there's a killer in the house. And he's just like, whatever, baby, and hugs her. And I was like, that's not right. what you would do yeah. if an intruder was in the home. And then a cell phone falls out of his pocket and like, oh, no, it's you. Right, which in 1996 is so unusual that that like immediately sets a red flag that way. Why do you have a cell phone? Right, exactly. Yeah. So she correctly assumes it was probably him. Yes. And that's when Dewey shows up and they arrest the boyfriend. Right, which Dewey, I mean... As you guys know his character, I guess it's not unusual, but he's holding the mask in front of him when, he, like, was he just standing like, Look there? Look what I found! Yeah. And she, like, runs out face to face to see the mask and screams. Yeah, and he's that's like, not ah. how you hold evidence, no. like, <laughs> directly into the door. <laughs> right, while it's closed. <laughs> they, they go to the police station, and now they're, they're interrogating Billy. Yeah. He's like, I didn't do anything. Check and Billy's dad records. shows up, and he's all like, what's going on? And he's all like, you went out last night? And his dad's pissed. And then we cut back to Sydney, who Tatum is there. And she's all like, don't worry about it. We'll get through this. And that's when we have the whole moment where Tatum is all like, 
I want to go. We're going to take her home, Dewey. And he's like, you got to respect me with this badge on. And then she's like, I'm taking her out of here. And then the sheriff, like the, the head guy was all like, take him out the back. We're introduced to Courtney Cox, yeah. the best news anchor in town. Yeah, it's a weird she role. She like Geraldo Rivera, but like she's hip totally, in 90s. She's totally one of those for sure. She had written a book in the past about uh, Nev Campbell's character's mother being murdered, and it left a real sour... Right, because um, she thinks that Nev... So Nev Campbell's character, Sydney, gave testimony that put away... Cotton this Weary. Cotton Weary, right. And uh, Gail Weathers' book says Cotton Weary couldn't possibly have done it. Sydney's wrong. He's an innocent man. That's their beef. Uh, yeah, they have an adversarial relationship because, you know, Courtney Cox is like, you put an innocent man away. And she's like, no, I killed... I got rid of the man who killed my mom. And they just will not, she will not let it go. Courtney Cox will just not let it go because she just believes full hard that Cotton didn't do it. So she's all over this story. But Gail's trying to get an interview with, with Nev. I keep calling her Nev. Sid. Sydney. Sydney. And she's like, no, it's okay. They say something about like, How, how's book sales? And she's like, great. And then Dex Gail right <laughs> in the face. She says something about her mom. I can't remember, I remember exactly what it is. No, she goes, she's like, how book sales? She's like, great. I'll send you a copy. And oh, then yeah. Dex That's what her it in is. the face. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, so then Sydney goes to Tatum's house and they're doing, you know, hey, how are you doing? How's everything? And she gets a phone call and it's a uh, ghost face. Yeah. But that couldn't possibly be because Billy's in custody <gasps> at, the, at the police station. A twist. So now Sydney has to question, oh, well, it couldn't be Billy. He's at the police station. He couldn't be making these calls. And then uh, Dewey runs in. And he's a little bit too late to, to get to the phone call. Right. And the way they framed it is to kind of be like, oh, could it have been Dewey? Because he comes like right as the guy hangs out. Dewey hangs up. Dewey runs out. And then it's like a weird sort of. And she's like, where were you? And he's like, what do you mean? Yeah. And then he, he like holds the phone to his head and gives like a weird face and then puts it down. So he goes, hello. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like he's scared to say anything, but he says it anyway. I thought that was great. So it was like red herring number one. Like, oh, could it be Dewey? Dewey's always 12 step behind. Yeah. <laughs> it could not be not, Dewey. Yeah, he's not him. <laughs> then we cut back to the next day at school, and this is where the kid runs through the hallway in the ghost mask, and Henry Winkler basically like sends everybody home. He's like, we're canceling school. Well, it's because of a certain event that happens in the bathroom. Oh, that's Sydney's right. in the bathroom and there's a 30 year old cheerleader basically <laughs> running her mouth saying how Sydney's garbage and she probably murdered her mother and murdered all these kids too because she's damaged and whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah, it's a so Sydney hears this whole thing from the bathroom stall. Weird mm. conversation. And before she goes in the bathroom stall, she's distraught because um, Skeet Ulrich's character comes up and he's like, hey, I told you it wasn't me. She goes in the bathroom because of the guy running through the hall is like put her off. Right. So she's upset and she's going in there to compose herself. And that's when the, the cheerleaders in there taking a shit, talking to her friend through the <laughs> stall door. Battle shits. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and the 30 year old cheerleaders being an absolute bitch. And she's, they leave and she comes out of the stall and she's sobbing, cleaning herself up. She starts hearing noises. Well, ghost face is in the stall yep. and attacks her and she makes it out. And that's when they cancel school. Yeah, before she makes it out, and then it cuts to uh, the principal the chewing out those kids who are running down the Where hall. Where he has a pair of scissors that is like arguably 12 inches long, and he's all, you listen to me, shink. You <laughs> should be gutted, shink. He's like, if it was up to me, oh, he's like, you're expelled. And they're like, that's not fair. He's like, no, fair is you guys being gutted yourself. Blah, blah. And so you basically get this like really like scary moment where you're like, Henry Winkler might be the killer right. too. He's unhinged. 
And um, that's when school is completely canceled. Also so not okay behavior of a authority no. figure, even in the 90s. Yeah, that no. was like, no, it's not okay for the 60s. Like, I, yeah. Calm down, Do sir. not threaten children with sharp objects when you're yeah. supposed to be the principal. Yeah, he brought that shit like right to their face, I man. was like with an inch away. I was like, I want to know how they filmed that because it looked like it was right there. I was yeah. like, I would be yeah. terrified not to flinch if that was me. Camera angle, perspective play, I'm sure, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Did so, you guys notice though when he like, once the, um, he canceled school, and then we cut back to him in his office where he's just chilling. Oh, the kids are all excited because they get to go home. And they're like, right. cool, they're like party. Cool. Yeah, they're like, let's have a party. If you're up for it, Sid, I know you're a little upset, but right. cool. It might be fun to hang out with some people and have Seems a Seems like the appropriate time to bring a party up. Right. Yeah. Which, you know what? <laughs> Thinking about how I was at 16 or 17, whatever age he's, that, that's logic. That's a logical jump. I could yeah. see 17-year-olds doing that. I could see high school kids thinking that, yeah. There's a lack of parental supervision going on here yes, because my parents one. would not have let me go anywhere with a murder that just occurred right. in <laughs> our town. This is weird. This is a weird scene of like, showing every business closed and it's just closed due to curfew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. That's the one stretch that I don't think would happen. Like, it, yes, some kids, but not to be a little more involved in this, yeah. the town. Yeah. What's a killer? There's like not no every parents. kid from the high school would show up at this party. Right. Um, yeah. So this is where the principal gets killed. Winkler hears some noises and he's starting to look around and he's spooking himself and he goes back into his office and closes the door and the ghost face is right behind the well, door. Because he opens right? the closet and there's a mirror and he scares himself. <laughs> yeah. Like, ah. Oh, because he, no, he puts the mask on because he's, he's in his office with the mask and the pair of scissors and he's kind of like, huh, I wonder what it'd be like to wear this mask. He puts it on, hears something, goes and looks in the hallway and that's when we see Wes Craven, right? right? Fred. Yeah. And he's all like, not you, Fred. Not you, Fred. And then like he goes back inside, hears a noise from his closet, opens it up. There's a mirror. Did you guys notice the Fonzie's jacket was hanging? No, I thought I was. I found it just so unusual. This man had a whole suit closet in his office. He's got a suit closet. And so he scares himself because he's still wearing the mask. He takes it off, closes the door, and then the actual ghost face killer. Yeah, we got to quit calling him the ghost face killer. Ghost face is there and fucking just straight up kills Henry Winkler. I can call him the scream. I mean, he is Ghostface Killer. <laughs> call him Bruce. Yeah, Bruce the scream. So at this point, I was trying to figure out, like, most killers or slashers follow some sort of motive, right? Dude, it's the 90s. No, it's the new millennium. So I, why did they kill... That's right. That's the, I love that line. We'll get to that scene in a minute. Why did they kill Henry Winkler? Be, they said this. John, do you want to take it? Did oh, I miss this part? No, you tell them the, the outer universe reason is because there hadn't been a kill in a long enough period of time. <laughs> and Fair. they told them, you need to kill somebody. Yeah, so they they had access to her. Once we know who the killers are, it becomes a lot more obvious. But it's because um, they made it harder for them to get to Sydney by closing school. They have they, they're not naturally in an environment, which basically indicates it's some one of the kids. Right. Um, so like basically kill Henry Walker because he put a crink in their plans, a crimp in their plans, not a crink, <laughs> <laughs> a crink baby. Oh, um, just a crink. So yeah, they basically do that because um, he takes down their access. He changes their plan without their thing. So he's like, fuck them. And then gotcha. I guess they just kill it. Okay. All right. So he's dead. Now it's time to party. Yes. This is where all the kids come over and they drink like three beers well, and watch Halloween. Before this though, <laughs> John, John and I need to talk about one of the best scenes in the whole three blockbuster scene. So They're getting uh, movies for the party. Matthew Miller's character goes and starts talking to Randy about the party. Hey, you're going to come. And then Randy's like, you know who's the killer? Oh, now that's in poor taste. What? If you were the only suspect in a senseless bloodbath, would you be standing in the horror section? Well, it was just a misunderstanding. He didn't do anything. You're such a little lapdog. He's got killer printed all over his forehead. 
Okay. Really? Why'd the cops let him go, smart guy? Because obviously they don't watch enough movies. This is standard horror movie stuff. Billy is definitely, just look at him. He's a killer. Yeah. And uh, Jamie has, uh, Jamie, um, <laughs> Randy, Randy has no, like, he's just not even second guessing. He's like straight up. It's Billy. Yeah. And he's like, oh, what's the motive? And then Randy's like, it's the new millennium, man. They don't have to be a he's motive. Like, Motives aren't necessary anymore, yeah. which I thought was a very clever way of like, yes, why is all this happening? Just because. <laughs> the police are always off track with this shit. If they'd watch prom night, they'd save time. There's a formula to it. A very simple formula. Everybody's a suspect. I'm telling you, the dad's a red herring. It's Billy. How do we know you're not the killer? And then Skeet Ulrich scares Randy. He's like, what were you saying about yeah. me? And he's like, nothing. He's like, how do we know you're not the killer? He's like, maybe your movie freaked mind lost its reality button. You ever think of that? You're absolutely right. I'm the first to admit it. If this were a scary movie, I'd be the prime suspect. That's right. And what would be your motive? It's the millennium. Motives are incidental. And then we cut to the fucking like insane house party. Right, which, which Deputy Dewey goes school. to. Yeah. Who invites he, a cop to he's a party? The worst cop. He who then also invites the well, Gail Weathers. It's Tatum's older brother. Right. But so he's also the worst cop. Oh, on. well, his 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 boss told him to keep an eye on Sydney. He was like, You stick with her the whole time. So he was yeah. supposed to go out there. Oh, yeah, that's true. He did say that's I that's forgot the, about that line until I rewatched it like the other day. I was, that's I was like, the strawberry oh, that's ice cream right. scene. Yeah. That's right. So yeah, he brings Gail Weathers and she plants a camera so they can get footage of the party and right. see what's going on with Just these kids. Important 30 second delay. Yeah, a, a, a camera on top of the TV so they can see the living room. She Which runs back out. They put in the, a VHS tape to watch Halloween and they didn't notice the giant hulking camera yeah, on top of the VHS player. It was not subtle. It, no, was, it was. It was. It was like. It was like if yeah. nanny cam had like a giant flashing red light on it. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, but they were drunk off their three beers. Yeah, they had three beers, and then Tatum's like, I need, I'll go get some more beers, guys. Goes out to the garage, grabs five beers, no, and Stu then never returns her, to the party. Stu tells her to go get beers. Stu goes, hey, go get some beers. And she's like, what am I, the beer wench? And then she goes anyway. Which, so my point <laughs> my point is not semantics. No, the it's point important. Is that she vanishes, and nobody questions it for the rest of the night. Well, where's my beers? Beer is the lifeblood of a party, maybe especially s- in high school. Like we're all empty. Where is what's her name with the beers? I thought they said that they're like, I thought she was bringing back beers. Yeah. He's like, I'll go get it. So I'll nobody be right went back. to the garage right. and saw her corpse. Stu went to the garage. Yeah. He go. said, I'll be right back. And After- someone else would have went to the garage when they got thirsty. Guys, you don't understand. I agree. Kids I agree. <laughs> no, I agree. I've been to plenty of parties. If someone doesn't come back with your drink in like two to three minutes, you go get your own drink. I mean, but, that's like the least problematic scene. Yes. Garage doors do not work as depicted in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Tatum goes out to get the beers. The light's not working. She's like, great. She gets out there, and then um, someone's in the ghost face mask, and then she starts talking mad shit to Dude, him. Dude, she again beats the assume, shit. Again, assumed to be Randy. Yes, everyone. Get out of the way, right. Randy. <laughs> She's like, if Sydney sees you in this, she's going to flip. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's way too calm about this. And then she gets attacked and she's like, oh my God, this is serious. She's in the garage. She can't open the doors. She goes to open the garage door. It goes up. It gets pushed back down by the killer. Yeah. And then she decides to climb through the doggy door that's in the garage door. Right. Which evidently she actually like could totally fit through. So they had to to staple her shirt in place (laughs) so she wouldn't keep falling through the hole during the takes. It's funny. Um, Yeah. So she gets. You know, I turned to my wife and said, I'm pretty sure she would have fallen out of that doggy door. It was going up. Absolutely. Her tits are too big. 
Oh, <laughs> I was yeah. like, I don't know about that. Also, I, I think she would have fallen out regardless. I mean, she she was. She kept trying to like she kept falling out. So they had to like staple her, her shirt in place so she wouldn't keep falling out the door. Makes sense. But um, yeah, and then so, she's crushed. Right, her neck gets cracked. Right. Yeah. So the so the killer once she gets stuck and then the killer yeah. hits the garage door button, and it starts going up. I don't think the garage door could do that. I think if let's be conservative, say she weighs a hundred pounds. I think if you hung a hundred pounds off a, a regular it, like home garage door, it, it breaks. Would, You'll break yeah. the spring. Like it's not going I to just, tell you as a kid who broke see? a spring on a garage door back when I was a kid from hanging on the garage door, trying to ride it up. You will break that spring. Also as an owner, a previous owner of a garage door, yeah. whenever that would come down on maybe say a leg or something, it would immediately retract. Right. So as soon as it felt any type of resistance, they stop. Yeah. It's not going to break your neck, but nonetheless, she dies. Horror movie, you guys let it go. (laughs) It was a great kill. Basically you see Tatum like hanging out there with her chesticles, just like I'm letting it go, but I we we needed to just to bring up. That's all. Yes. Her neck is like sideways, but the thing is they leave her just hanging there. Yeah. So to Mark's point, Someone hours. would have gone outside and been like, I don't know if there was like hours between that happening and the, the final scene. I think it was they, only start, a few they start and almost finish Halloween. <laughs> like, oh, that's right. The sun's rising at the end of this night. Yeah, man. Well, someone does see it when shit hits the fan. Finally. Yeah, yeah but that's way after. To Mark's point, it's way after someone should have yes. been like, there's a dead chick hanging from your garage, bro. And I'm I thirsty. Mean, she <laughs> nails the concern. She nails the ghost face killer with uh, bottles and oh, cans. She throws it right at his yeah. head and smashes. I was like, damn, hey. get it, girl. Girl. Yeah, also and he, not how bottles work. But. Well, true, but he uh, or she uh, shows no ill signs once they take that costume off. So there's a lot going on here. They just horror movie logic. You'd have you take such liberties. a black eye if someone threw a fucking bottle right at your head. I, I also appreciate that this movie's killer is not very graceful. No, he's not very terrible. skilled. He trips <laughs> over terrible. stuff. He falls over stuff. He gets like at one point he slips on the floor, which I love. Yes, he's like whoop. I was like, well, there you go. I was like, now you got a chance. He takes a beating. <laughs> he does take a beating. <laughs> so at this point, Dewey's character and Courtney Cox's character, Gail, Dewey's character, Dewey <laughs> is the character. Dewey and Gail, they're wandering off to go look for a vehicle that they were reported in the uh, the woods. Her right? father, her father's been missing, and and something's uh, Sydney's Skeet father. Or, yeah, Sydney's father basically. Skeet Ulrich was like, "How do we know it's?" Or uh, Matthew Ulrich goes like, "How do we know it's not her old man? He's been missing since she left." Yeah, since, they uh, really like, play it up. happening. So you really want to think maybe it is her dad. And they're like, maybe he snapped at the like anniversary of his wife's death and like it's going on a killing spree evidently the cops like we found a we found a car off the side of the road down the road is that near you doing he's like yeah i'll go check it out and he takes gail and they're like let's walk which is such a nice night i was like you fucking idiots you're there's a killer out you want to be mobile you don't want to be out of position without your car a it's dewey b he's trying to get to the bone zone with courtney cox so of course they want to go on a walk forgot his protection duties (laughs) yeah for sure he's to serve and get laid that's what he's enraptured with this beautiful reporter yes um, at this point in time, this is where we get the wonderful scene where Randy stops, Randy, Randy stops the Halloween and d- explains the rules of the slasher genre to everybody watching the movie. Yeah, because because uh, Stu goes like, "I'll be right back," and he's like, "You shouldn't say that. There's rules," and that's when we get all the rules. Which what are the rules? You can't get laid, right? You got to be a virgin to survive, right? You um, can't which is drink impor- or do drugs, right? No drugs, no drinking. Have to be a virgin to survive. Um, I think that was all that he never said. say I'll be right back. Right. Um, and also the killer at the beginning on one of the phone calls says some rules too. And I think they're like, 
never never go investigate a noise or he's like you might as well go outside to like check out a noise you're definitely gonna die then there's a couple other rules that are like similar to that but yeah they go over the the rules of surviving a horror movie and the whole virgin thing is important because a little bit before this sydney does have sex with uh skeet it's happening as this is going on okay yeah simultaneous yeah yeah finally Billy had worn, has worn down Sydney and she gives it up upstairs while everybody's watching Halloween. Yeah. So it's at this point where they're watching the movie where all of a sudden someone phones the house they're at and they go, oh shit, Principal Winkler's been killed. He's hanging from the goalposts. And, and everybody goes, let's go see the dead body yeah, the before they take it down. clears the fuck out. Which is the movie's way of getting every un- unimportant character right, yes. out of the film. That was a that was a <laughs> clean sweep of unnecessary, like... <laughs> There's no way they would have made it in time to see that body. Or the cops mm-hmm. were like, get the fuck out of here, right. you idiots. Yeah, by the time it was reported, the cops are on their way. Because as they pointed out, they're in the middle of nowhere. Right. That house is pretty far away from, I'm guessing, where the school is. So they wouldn't have made it in time. But the kids almost run over Gail and Dewey. Right. And that's how they find the car stashed in the woods. Yeah. And uh, her dad's car. It's it's Sydney's dad's car. And they're like, oh, shit. Sydney's dad never left. And so then they start heading back to the house. And that's when when the rules are going on, the explanation of the rules by Randy, they really hammer home the 30 second delay. Yes. Like the guy, the um, Sydney, uh, Courtney Cox's cameraman in the car is like watching this. And she like is like, it's a 30 second delay. And he's like, eh, no worries. That comes into play later because you see the killer walking around the house with like the three people who were left in it. And yeah. So what happens at this point? The, the cameraman's watching the feed. Um, Rodney's finishing how Randy is finishing Halloween on the couch by himself. And uh, Sydney and Billy are finishing upstairs. So Stu went out to the garage to get more beers. Oh, and that's when Stu goes out and kills the cameraman. Well, no, Stu goes upstairs and pretends to kill Billy. Watching Halloween. They kill the cameraman later because Sydney had just slams on the brakes. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So Stu goes upstairs. So they fucking stabs Billy a bunch of times. Sydney's like, ah, fights him off. As we've, <laughs> as we've uh, explained, no, I think no, after the van, she so runs with a cop, the cop car part out. So, yeah, so after, after so she goes, guy dies, Sydney's like, oh shit, so I gotta times. get out of here. So she yes. goes into the cop car and, and locks it all up. And then she gets on the radio, like, help, I'm at It can't be Randy because later on there's a scene where Randy and Stu are trying to get into the house. And he's a killer. <laughs> I'm actually watching it. We got it all fucked up. We did? <laughs> we got it all fucked up. Uh, okay, hold on. We're going to take like five minutes here and just basically go through this real fast just so um, we have the... Order of events. All these events happen. It's just which order did they yes. go in? Okay, we reviewed our notes. I think we've got it now. Garrett, take it away. Okay, so what happens is Billy gets killed. She jumps out the window, lands on the boat. At this point, she runs to the van. She's running to the van. At the same time, the killer, the ghost face, is behind Randy inside. She's running to the van. The killer looks like he's going to kill Randy, but then decides to leave. She gets to the van. She opens it up. She's like, the killer's inside the house. The, the van guy, the cameraman goes, well, let's check the feed. They check the feed. They're like, oh, my God, it's right behind him. And he's like, but wait, that's on a 30-second delay. He steps out the van, gets his throat slashed, and you're like, holy shit. At this point, um, Sydney runs off into, like, the barn area next to the house. It looks like a little, like, offshoot next to the house. 
Gail and Dewey come running back to the house at this point, And he's like, you go to the van with your cameraman and go get help. I'm going to go inside and see what's going on. Because at this point, they think um, Sydney's dad might be the killer and is inside doing shit. So he runs inside and he's looking through the house all Dewey style. She runs to the van and she's like, where's where's my um, cameraman? She steps in a pool of blood. She's like, fuck this. I'm getting out of here. Gets in the van. At this point, Randy runs up to the window. He's like, oh, my God, blah, blah. And she smashes her giant, like, Zach Morris cell phone into his face, like, four times, knocks him down. She starts driving off and then stops to basically look back to see if everything's okay. Her cameraman comes flying onto the front windshield, blood splattered everywhere. His neck is slit. She freaks the fuck out, decides to keep driving. At this point, Sydney, coming out of nowhere, is like, stop, stop. Gail swerves to miss her, crashes into the ditch. Then Sydney's like, oh my God, I've got to get back to the house. She runs back to the house. As she's approaching the house, Dewey comes out like fumbling around like, oh man. And you realize Dewey has been stabbed in the back with a knife. At this point, Sydney's like, holy shit, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Goes to the cop car, gets in the cop car, can't find the keys. The killer stop, walks up and goes, jingle, 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 like has the keys. Great scene. You're like, holy shit. She's like, oh my God. He's like unlocking the door. She's locking the door cat and mouse thing and then he disappears and you're like where the fuck did the killer go and then boom he uses the key to sneak in the back of the car without her knowing which is impossible but yeah, trunks are loud and the dome light would have come on yeah, but whatever she totally would have known and then she's like oh my god he's in the car she runs back inside she bolts inside as she gets inside she's got Dewey's gun at this point she picks it up as she's going in because she thinks Dewey's dead and then at this point Stu played by Matthew Illard and Randy played by Jimmy Kennedy are both like oh my god Sid he's the killer no he He's the killer. It's the whole Spider-Man pointing at each other, who done it, you know, like, you know, that whole thing. And she locks them both outside. She, she goes, fuck both of you guys. Yeah, that's a line. She goes, fuck both of y'all, and then locks them both outside. And then, like, at James Kennedy's like, you can't leave me out here. Yeah, and at this point, Billy fumbles downstairs. He's like, oh, oh, I'm not as bad as I thought. I'm okay. And that's when um, he opens the door. Well, he takes the gun from Sid. He's like, he opens the you. door. He's like, give me the gun, Sid. I've got it. Yeah. And she does. And Moron. it turns out it's been a trap. <gasps> yes. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and you find out that the killers are actually Matthew Illard Stewart and Skeet Ulrich's, Skeet Ulrich's. Billy. Billy. Together. Together. It was a group. A group murder. They would have gotten away with it, too. If it hadn't been for you, metal some kid. Except yes. Shaggy was in on it. Yeah. Oh, damn. So, yes, this is where the, the exposition of, like, why... She's like, why would y'all do this? And he's like, it's real simple, Sid. And I love Matthew Ellard's, like, lines in this. He ad-libs so many of them, but, like, he does a great job. Like, they're explaining what happened. They're like, your mom was indeed a whore. She slept with... Because Billy's mom left... Like yeah. her, his dad, which he uses to force her into sex. Yeah. He's all, he's like, you got to get over it. I got over when my mom left. You should get over when your mom died. She's like, it's different. And he's like, I guess. Is um, it though? <laughs> you find out that Sydney's mom had sex with Billy's dad, which caused their marriage to break up. So Billy's got a stake in this of being pissed off at, um, Sydney. Sydney. And then, um, Stuart, He's just long for the ride. He always wanted to get with Sydney, but he couldn't because she didn't want anything to do with him. So he was like, fuck it. I'll just join this plot line. Yeah, he's just crazy. Yeah. And so um, <laughs> it's a really great scene of them explaining what's been going on. Yeah. And they bust out the voice modulator and they're like, see, Sydney, it was us the whole time. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. Your mom's a whore, you know, stuff like yeah. that. It was really tremendous acting on their part. Yeah, they do a really good job. And she's just flabbergasted by it. She's like, but why? And he's like, 
it's the millennium. We don't need reasons, you know, <laughs> like they said. And it's like, besides, you know, it's the sequel. That's where all the money is. You know, we'll get book deals. We'll get everything. We'll say that, you know, movies made us do it. And we'll totally get off. She's like, you're not going to get away with it. He's like, of course we will. Movies influenced us and we'll totally get off, which was a big thing at the time. Right. At the time. And then he brings out, he's like, well, you're not going to get away with this. He's like, oh, I think we will. And that's like, when they lay on, out. Cherry on top. We've got your dad. Right. So he brings out her dad, who's been all, I guess, captive this whole Tied time. up in a closet at this yeah. house that no one's checked. Apparently. It's like, it's going to be a murder-suicide. Your dad couldn't handle the death, and he killed you and everybody else. Yeah. And he killed himself. This is the part. They stab oh, the dad, right. and then they're like, okay, now we got to make it look real. They have to stab each other. And he's like, okay, don't hit any major spots. Get me, get me. And then Skeet Ulrich stabs like Matthew Illard. And like he's like, oh, Billy, you went too deep. Yeah, he really like, gets I'm into sorry. it. I'm sorry. And he's like, my turn. And he's like, and, and Billy's like, no. And he's like, <laughs> yes, my turn. And so, like, at this point, you start to see, like, oh, there's cracks in yeah. this foundation. And he's all like, bam. And he's like, damn it, you did too deep. And he's like, sorry, Billy, you guys got a little carried away. <laughs> and they just keep having to do it. And they're like, they're not wanting to trust in each other anymore to not, not kill them. So they finally get to a point and then... Um, they could just stab themselves. doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, Billy and Sydney are talking. And I love this line because Matthew goes like, Billy, I'm not feeling so good. I think you stabbed me too deep. He's like, I'm losing blood, man. I'm yeah. going to die. And he's like, it's worth it or something like that. And then Gail busts in. She's like, how about the intrepid reporter who was left for dead comes back in and saves the day? That's her exact line. Did you remember that? or? Oh, I, yes. I mean, I, I don't have any paperwork. Like yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then Billy's like... I don't think that's how the story's going to go. And then Gail tries to shoot him, and oh shit, nothing happens. The whole safety trope. The safety's right. on the gun. Works went, better went. if the safety's off. And so then he just he shoots knocks her, her against a pole, and she's not. Yeah. Oh, does he knock her down? Or yeah, she doesn't get shot at all. Oh, okay. she, he just rams her into the wall. Yeah, because then Jamie Kennedy runs in, and he shoots Jamie Kennedy's character. That's right. Because um, now people are just falling like flies. <laughs> like, but, drop them like flies, baby. <laughs> Sydney and her dad go hide in a closet, and then Matthew Luther's like, oh, Billy, look over here. here. Something's wrong. They're gone. He's like, where'd they go? And they start freaking out. Yeah. So the plans basically crumbling and he's all like, Billy, I don't feel good. You stabbed me too deep. And that's when like, he's like, just shut up. We got to find him. And then Sydney calls the phone and she's got the voice modulator and she's doing the trick. Right. On them. She's like, listen to me, jackass. It's all coming apart and like talking mad shit. And then it's funny because like Billy's like, Rah! I hate you. Rah! And then like and he throws the phone down and he gets hit in the head with the phone. He's like, don't hit me with the phone, dumbass. <laughs> yeah. So goes, yeah, it hurt. yeah, it's like so He's this like, moment is great. Sydney, you're not really going to call the cops, are you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my parents are going to be so mad. It made me wish those two actors got to interact more throughout the film because they play off each other so well. There's such a great scene. Like it was like, that's what's, uh, yeah, it's a really great opening scene, a really great ending scene for this movie. I agree. And so then they think they hear her. They run out to go get her. And then what? She jumps out and shoots them, right? Well, the gun is missing again. And now yeah. Gail's back up. Stu is down for the count somehow. And then Billy, like, basically, like, goes after him, thinks he hears him. And then that's when... Um, yeah, Gail has the gun again. It's like, safety's off this time. Shoots Billy in the shoulder. He falls down. Blap, 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 blap. And then they all, like, it's Sydney, Randy, and Gail. They're all looking down at Billy's body. And I think somebody even lifts his leg and drops it. Like, <laughs> he was shot in the shoulder. Come on. <laughs> yeah. He's not dead. And then Randy's like, well, this is the part of the horror movie where you think the killer's down, but he's got one more scare in him. And right on cue, goes, Billy pops up a little bit, and then Gail just blasts him square in the head. Oh, no, Neb. No, Sydney. Sydney, Sydney, does, Sydney yeah. blasts him square in the head. She's I was like, like well, not in this movie. <laughs> yeah, not in my movie. <laughs> yeah. Blam. And then immediately, 
it's that moment of relief, like, oh, cool. And then her dad busts out of the closet that he was hiding, and they all yes. and he's out, all like, tied up. Oh still. my god! Yeah, and yeah. then we cut to outside where the sun is coming up. Cops are on the scene, and it's like this is Gail Weathers yeah. reporting for the massacre. She got a news crew so fast, and knew she replaced her old cameraman the same oh, night. Yeah, <laughs> and apparently you're allad to just go on the crime scene when you're part of it because yeah. she's just walking straight <laughs> into it, like, and this is where this happened. And this is where this happened. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy, but yeah, and then slowly pan up over the horizon with the sun coming up and then credits roll and that is scream man it's a good fucking movie yes excellent excellent movie apparently very confusing it doesn't <laughs> feel confusing when you're watching it though no it does not feel confusing <laughs> when you're watching it but like if you're trying to remember like the little like it, it sequence of events it's is, almost like twist on twist on twist yeah. so you get it all mixed up a little bit but, but that yeah. kind of points out how good it is though like you don't realize how many twists and turns yeah. are happening in the movie until you like go back and try to recount them <laughs> you're like oh shit that's right this happened and then this happened oh my god but yeah i would totally recommend this movie i don't care when i'd recommend it i don't know if it would compel me to watch the sequels to be honest i think it's a good singular film um, yeah, the sequels are okay. I don't think they hold up to the same level. Admittedly, I have not watched them in quite some time, but I do not, from my memory is I enjoyed them, but I don't think they're at the same level of the original Scream. No, they're not the same level. The second one's pretty good. I enjoyed the second one quite a bit. The third one I had a lot more issues with, but the way they kind of like make it all work long term is very, very entertaining. The second one, Cotton Weary comes back. He gets released from jail now that we know oh, that. Yeah. Who's so played he, by Liv Schreiber. Yeah. Hmm. And him and Courtney Cox are trying to basically like get a like 2020 interview with uh, Sydney because that's where he's going to make all his money. He's going to basically get restitution for being locked away by basically signing book deals and shit. And she doesn't want to do it. And so you think he might be the killer. It's a whole thing. But yeah, the sequels are actually pretty good. There's a TV show I've never watched. I don't know if any of you Is have. There? Yeah, yes. it was four seasons, I believe, on MTV. Wow. Um, before that, after they released Scream 4 in 2011... There was an animated series. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> there was a talks of them making Scream 5 and 6. Whoa. That uh, never materialized. And then I think Wes Craven, I, can't, I can't remember when he passed away, but that wasn't... Wait, there was a Scream 4? In 2011, yeah. Oh, I've never Wes seen Craven that Wes Craven directed that one as well. Yeah, this actually, this is the only franchise, only horror franchise that the original director has done the entire franchise. What was the plot for? of Scream 4? Do you know? Off top I of your, do not yeah. know. Because I, I only remember Scream 3, where it's the movie stab. But, well, okay, whatever. I guess it doesn't matter. But I did not know they made a Scream 4. You know, the whole Weinstein crap happened also, so who knows what's going on with that. But yes, the TV show came about, which really didn't have anything to do with the characters from the movie, but it was the same concept, I think. Yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. Um, from recently, what I understand, it was like a Pretty Little Liars team, teen drama okay. type thing. MTV got into that whole like drama TV show thing for a while, yeah. didn't they? As of early 2019, apparently it's been reported that Blumhouse is taking a look at the franchise. Of course, but that... That's like the general, like, you know, people with money who had really good records of rebooting things have taken a look at franchises that were really popular. Of course they have. Well, it just keeps, it's, it's the continuing trend, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't know that Scream needs to be remade. It's such a product no. of its time. And like, if you try to change too much of it, then it's not Scream anymore, right? It's a meta horror type thing. And I, I mean, if Blumhouse is a good record, we'll give, you know, hey, Good luck, but... But what do you do? I mean, yeah. like, uh, the take on the slasher genre has already been done. It's not like slashers are in their heyday anymore. Right. They we get a few here and there, but not like in the 80s. And they're not nearly as meta, like, so what message, as rigid to the rules anymore. What message could a new Scream bring that would be interesting? I think it was a product of its time and place. Yeah. yeah. I think it really was. There's an interesting factoid, though, that Caller ID 
uh, usage increased threefold after the uh, <laughs> this movie released. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good thing to happen. We should have had that a long time before. Yeah, that's true. This movie's so tied to the concept of house phones mm-hmm. that and telephone culture as a whole, it doesn't exist anymore. If you remake it, you have to set it in the 90s. If this happened now, people would just go to voicemail. Like, yeah. they wouldn't answer a call that said unavailable. You know, you wouldn't yeah. answer it. You well, text me. That it was like that new ring where they had to do, like, viral video instead of, like, a, a VHS tape that was found. But the thing is, is, like, it's so easy to, like, track down origins of that stuff. It's like, yeah, I think you would lose so much yeah. trying to, like, modernize They might try movie. to, like, make it on the internet or whatever, but Unfriended already kind of did a take on that. Yeah, so. yeah, there's already other people doing other concepts in similar veins. But we'll see. Hopefully it doesn't happen, but... I think there's other stuff Bloomhouse should focus on rebooting. Or maybe some Agreed. original content. Yeah. That could be a crazy idea. Too. I mean, we're stuck with those fucking Curse Conjuring movies and all 90 fucking Annabelle light. comes home. <laughs> Annabelle goes, does her dishes. So you got three recommendations for us. I'm curious if the younger kids are watching Scream. I mean, it has to have had some sort of cultural relevance if MTV made a four-season show. But do you think it's enough to push these kids to go back and watch, like, 20-year-old movies? I yeah. I mean, not I mean, all we, of we them. watched movies in the 70s. I've seen The Godfather. Mm-hmm. I saw, like, The Shining. I mean, we all saw movies that were before our time based off, like, cultural references and stuff like that. Yeah, if you're, like, committed to a four-season show, you probably went back and were like, let me check out the original Problem. Yeah. I'm sure the people who saw the new thing when it came out went back and watched John Carpenter's who may have never seen it. I'd hope so. Yeah. Well, any other thoughts on screen before we rack it up? Go we'll watch it. Rack it, it up. Wrap it up. <laughs> Go watch it. Go watch it. Go All watch right. it. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.